All right, this morning we're going to deal with the topic of He's Risen, obviously, but when light encounters darkness, your perspectives change. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I want to get into some uh, uh, fun stuff, uh, stuff you're probably expecting. But man, I, I did some work. I looked back at pretty much all my sermons from the last 18 years and what I did on Easter and Good Friday. And not once, not, I can't believe this, not once have I talked about the appearances of Christ after his resurrection. I've always talked about some other exciting parts, but I can't believe I never went through this one. So we're going to deal with this for this week and next week. And I want to share some fun stories out of that. Uh, John 11, we'll begin with this. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. So, pause on this for just a moment. So, obviously, there's a hint, and this is before the crucifixion. He says he's the resurrection, and yet... I, I'm not sure if he told anybody he was going to be dying yet uh, at this stage. He may have. I, I just can't remember because um, we have four different Gospels, which I'll talk about in a moment. And then it says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me. Well, we have learned from the uh, other epistles in uh, the New Testament that all of creation is in Christ. So, hmm, was he doing a shout out to what was going to be written? I don't know, but I thought that was kind of cool. And then for, for Martha to say, I've always believed you're the Messiah, Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God, that, that to me sounds like a very bold statement. And sometime I wouldn't mind digging into that and uh, seeing what commentators have said over the years and what the early church fathers thought of that phrase, because it seems really bold to say that much, uh, that quickly. It just does. So, hmm, interesting. Well, her statement was before the cross. So here we have somebody declaring that he's the Messiah before the cross even happened. Remember, the disciples, they, didn't have, they had a hard time with this, okay? But after the cross, revelation hit. So it's fine, kind of interesting. So what could have been said about him right after he died then? So if this was Martha saying this before the cross, what could have some of the people around him have said? What kind of impact could he have had on the lesser known characters in the scriptures? Well, let's take a look at two people and what they may have said. So let's enjoy this next illustration. I crucified Jesus. It's what the crowd wanted and that's what they got. And personally, I don't feel like that man did anything to deserve that, but I was just a soldier doing my job. When the governor gave his sentence, that's when I would go to work. I loved that job. I felt like I was administering justice every time I nailed someone to a tree. But that man, that man didn't deserve that. Didn't make sense to me. It makes no sense. There I was, rotting in a jail cell, for stealing, murdering. You name it, I've done it. And I knew the next time I stepped foot outside that jail cell, well, and that was it. 
to the guards, they came and got me, and they put me beside this guy that was beaten to a pulp. Then Governor Pilate started asking the crowd, which one of these men do you want me to set free? I mean, it was obvious. I mean, the crowd, they're going to say, let Jesus go. And then I was going to tell them where they could go. And then the crowd, they started chanting Barabbas. I mean, they were saying my name. They were saying my name over and over and over again. The guards, they threw me to the crowd, and they took Jesus to Golgotha. I mean, one minute, I am a man marked for death, and then the next, I'm free. It made no sense. So I followed him all the way to Golgotha. I was stationed at Golgotha that day, we just raised the second criminal when they brought him to me. I'll never forget the way he looked. He'd been beaten, spit on, whipped. He was unrecognizable as a man. Hideous. What was left of his clothes were stripped off of him and he was thrown down on the cross. That's when I went to work. Generally, when you crucify a man, the first hand is the most difficult. The criminal wants to get away, he fights you. So I would have two soldiers hold him down, but this guy, he didn't put up a fight. I just thought he was exhausted. As an executioner, I've been called every name in the book. I've had men yell at me, plead with me. But I wasn't prepared for that. He looked at us. He looked at me. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He forgave me. Forgive them. He said, forgive them. Who is he? Forgive. Should have been me up there. I was the one that was supposed to be hanging on that cross. He took my place. Then I looked up, and I remember he took a uh, deep, agonizing breath, and he said, it is finished. And then, he died. Surely. This man was the son of God. What would your impact have been if you were watching as a bystander? Who knows? Uh, but I know our lives are being impacted even today. And I have a hunch that those of us who've grown up in the church, so to speak, um, the system, we've probably lost our passion for the joy of who Jesus is and what he has done. We may not have. It may have gone quiet or undercover for a while, but do you still get excited about realizing how good God is? Do you still get a spark of joy when you realize, I really am forgiven? Like, really forgiven? Do these thoughts ever hit your head? He loves me that much? I don't know. I, I hope it does. That's why we do this. 
to encourage us. So why, why should we believe this resurrection story then? Well, number one, I'd say the empty tomb is a really good example. You know, there, there's evidence in the scriptures, the old writings that, you know, the uh, Roman soldiers were told to lie about it, that the disciples came to steal. Well, that didn't seem to pan out when the disciples were out in public. <laughs> uh, interesting. There were also many witnessed appearances of Jesus, which we're going to talk about today. So there are firsthand accounts and witnesses that have seen all this. What about the disciples' radical transformation? If you remember, they ran away <laughs> the night in the Garden of Gethsemane. They didn't stick, stick around. They were scared. But later, we're, we're going to find out in the book of Acts that they stood boldly, were willing to be arrested for what they had seen with their own eyes. Listen, when we receive a personal experience and God impacts us in a very profound way that sometimes words can't express or it seems unbelievable but we have this knowing deep in here that jesus is real nobody can change that well there's definitely a pattern of life changes in history all through history people have been impacted by jesus the living jesus and even this bc and ad thing is still impacting us bc standing for before christ well, A.D. technically does not stand for after death. You look that up and you'll realize it actually means something else. Um, but it's connected to um, the year of our Lord. So it's, uh, you'll find that very interesting when you do some research on that. But hey, if he's being given um, uh, credit as in B.C., before Christ, um, there's something to say about he must have existed. Okay? Like, this is about building a case. And again... No case can properly be laid out before those who don't believe to make them believe. True belief comes from Christ within, illuminating their minds to be able to believe. We're going to see that shortly, as only Jesus can open our eyes to see, even after the cross. And we're going to see that firsthand in just a few moments, uh, which is kind of cool. Well, we're going to talk about the accounts of the witnessed resurrection uh, in the Gospels. Uh, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, if you're just reading them through like a book, you're going to wonder, why are there four different versions? And three of them seem really similar. Yeah, they're called the Synoptic Gospels. And then there's the book of John, which is a far more personal book. And I found it interesting as I looked in some of the translations that in the book of Mark, uh, it doesn't recount a whole section in the most earlier manuscripts. It says this, some early manuscripts of Mark do not include verses 9 to 20 which are found in the Aramaic. A shorter ending to Mark is found in, new, uh, uh, in a few manuscripts. It reads like this. They reported briefly to those around Peter all that, they had been, all that they had been commanded. After these things, Jesus himself commissioned them to take the message from the east to the west, the holy and impressionable, uh, sorry, the holy and imperishable preaching of eternal salvation. So, couple things could have happened here um, they could have bumped into more people that also could collaborate the story so the earliest writing had uh, a, a, only a limited story then more it was added we don't know but we need to hold these uh, in in uh, in view so that we're not just taking it as a flat acceptance okay putting these scriptures together was not easy there's a lot of work a lot of history that most of us have not been told about 
but I just thought it was very interesting as I started to look that, hey, how, how come that's, it says there that this may not have been in the original? Hmm. So let's begin the resurrection. Now, this is going to be from the account of John. We're going to look at Matthew after this. Um, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, okay, this is really important. So when it was uh, daylight saving time, whatever, the winter time, when it's darker uh, earlier in the morning or whatever, early in the afternoon, uh, you get up in the morning, oh, it's dark. Well, this is how early it was, okay? You got to understand the timeline. I might post a, uh, a thing on on Facebook of the, the timeline of what could have happened from when they were in the garden from, uh, I think it was midnight. So if midnight... Um, oh, oh, I'm talking about the Good Friday. Never mind. I'm, I'm, I got that mixed up for just a moment. So here we go. It's either, it's, it's seriously early morning, and Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. All right. So this, the resurrection happened before sunrise. Huh. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> Jesus said, oh, sorry, she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So she's, she's distraught. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running. And of course, somebody had to slip this in. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. <laughs> Who would have snuck that in there? That's really funny. But I beat him. <laughs> it's really funny. Anyway, anyway, he stooped in and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived when, and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. Now, here comes something interesting. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Hmm. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, had to slip that in again, went in and saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. So what do these folded up um, pieces of cloth mean? Well, I don't have time to get into that today. There, look it up. Do a Google search. There, there, it's, it's really cool. There's multiple uh, interpretations of what that could mean, um, and it's worth exploring for some deeper meaning. But here, they saw this. They did not see Jesus. Really important you notice that. And then they went home. All right. Now, I do believe that when they went home, they still locked their door and, and they were still afraid. So very interesting. Well, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped in and looked. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head, the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked, asked her. Now, here's something interesting. I cannot remember another place in scripture where two angels show up, except in uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, where uh, apparently it was two angels that were uh, going into the city. But to, to appear like this, this is the first time I've really seen the two uh, with Mary. So that was really cool. And the angels ask, why are you crying? because they've taken away my Lord. Remember, she's not cluing in. He's risen. She replied, I don't know where they have put him. 
So again, she's a, she's thinking that he may have been removed early, or maybe the uh, Romans thought uh, having him in that tomb was unwise and move him. Who knows? Like, there's a lot of things to think through of what could have happened. Um, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. <coughs> it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener. Wink, wink. I can just see Jesus kind of half smiling. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. That's all he did. Just Mary. She turned him and cried out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. So she did not recognize him at first, but then... However it happened with Jesus saying it, she didn't recognize the voice, but how come she could recognize the voice now? A revelation came to her. He allowed her to recognize who he was. That's really important. I think that still happens today. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. This is really powerful. All right, this is huge. <laughs> it really is. He's declaring to her, my father and your father, my God, your God. This is, he's speaking from union here. This is something the Western church has not clicked into. They haven't gotten the revelation that Christ lives in us. We are one with Christ. We are one with each other. And until we see each other as included and one with Christ, one with us, man, there's going to be a lot of us versus them still going on. The, the impact of the love of Christ will make us see others better. It will make us see God as better than we believe him to be already. And our understanding will continue to expand. It has got to be that fruit. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. So she's the first one to see the Lord. Uh, I can't paste it on uh, in the video here in my sermon because of copyright rules. Uh, I haven't paid for the, or the rights uh, for a, a cartoon, but there's a, a thing on my Facebook page to go look. And it's a picture of three women talking to the disciples. In fact, let me, let me look it up because it's really, it's right here so I can see it. Um, the disciples are right there and, and they, they say, so ladies, thanks for being the first to witness uh, the report of the resurrection. We'll take it from here. Like, what? <laughs> so here, it's the women who saw Jesus first, and then the guys took over, and, oh boy, anyway, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Well, the women were returning to the tomb. Now, this is now from uh, Matthew. We just read from John. Now we're going to read from Matthew. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like light, lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. So, pretty bright. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. <coughs> then the angel spoke to the woman. To the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. 
And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. Remember what I have told you. That's a pretty clear message. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. Can you imagine the giggling, the, the, the laughter, the can't believe this, the back to laughter stuff the whole way there? Can you just imagine what that would have been like? Oh my goodness. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshiped him. So in this story, Jesus meets them as they leave the tomb. In the other story, Jesus is at the tomb, assuming he was the gardener. So again, these are varying accounts. That's why it's important to see all of them and know that somehow it depends on the writer's perspective and what they heard and how they heard it. You know, but still recounting some facts that are the same in each story. He is alive. He's right there. And here Jesus shows up to them on the way. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Kind of cool. I thought that was a great uh, uh, interpretation of that. Now, this next one's really cool. Um, I've, yeah, this part, I think, has a... Has a um, Evidence to encourage you and I that God will, if he's got something to tell you, he will, and you'll know it. And if, if you don't know it on the front end, you'll know it in hindsight and go, oh, I thought that was God. You ever had that happen to you? It happens in this story. Here we go. Listen to this. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Amos seven miles from Jerusalem. That's a pretty good hike. So how many, so kilometers, I go about, I'd say 3,000 uh, steps is three kilometers, takes about half an hour. Anyway, you do the math. It, it, it's not a quick walk, that's for sure. As they were walking along and talking about everything that had happened, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But... God kept them from recognizing him. This is important. Believe me. Sometimes we're asking people to believe in God, but God hasn't revealed himself to them yet. Why? I don't know. He's, he's doing something in their lives that's special to them. But here, Jesus shows up. They don't recognize him, just like Mary didn't recognize the gardener. But it was Jesus, okay? So there's a recognition here going on, or a non-recognition going on for a purpose, and you'll see it shortly. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who has not heard about all the things that have happened there in the last few days as in where have you been have you not read the news didn't you see the twitter feed didn't you see like all the posts about this thing going on like duh that's what's going on here it's like it's and this is cleopas saying it to jesus can you imagine if once he realizes who he was speaking to and what he said? Because, oh, I can't believe I said that to him. <laughs> what things, Jesus asked, playing dumb. 
the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. And they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. Uh, but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. Okay, pause for just a moment. There's a couple things here to, to recognize. This is really important. Obviously, the people saw Jesus as this incredible person, but it says here he was a prophet and a teacher. That's how they saw him, not as the son of God. They did not believe that. Most people did not do that. So now pointing back to the walk up to Jerusalem on the um, um, Palm Sunday, they, they weren't saying Messiah. They were thinking whatever was coming out of their mouth, it was one thing, but internally they recognized him as a prophet and a savior who would save them from the Romans. We covered that last week and it was pretty good. And they did not see him as the son of God. So that, that's why this is really important. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. See, there it is. Rescue Israel. They were so self-centered, self-focused on their own people, not for the world. Remember the angels when they came to the shepherds in the fields in Bethlehem said he's the savior for all, to all. Oh my goodness, this is good news for everybody. Well, and now it's been deducted down to this, that he's just come to rescue Israel. Uh, this all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. They came back with an amazing story, as in they probably didn't quite believe them. Uh, then they said, they said his body was missing and that they had seen an angel who told them Jesus is alive. So I have a hunch they clearly did not believe the women which they rarely did because they didn't have a voice. Women weren't to be trusted. They didn't have any authority. Brutal. And yet they're the ones Jesus came to first. So here they, he's just saying, hey, they said his body was missing. They said that the angel said Jesus is alive. <laughs> Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, Okay, I, I think Jesus is getting a little maybe frustrated in a, in a kind of funny way. He says, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets, uh, all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Now, he's just warming up. Now, if there's one walk I would want to be walking on, it would be this one. Some people ask, who would you like to have a conversation with? Or where would you like to place yourself in history if you had one chance to do it? I'm starting to think this would be one of them. Because he does something profound here. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This must be the greatest sermon, conversation, Bible study, commentary ever shared in history. If anybody is going to explain it right, it's Jesus. So what did he tell them? Well, we don't know. 
But here's good news for all of us. We don't toss out the Old Testament like some people are trying to do. We don't toss out the old scriptures like some people are doing today, saying we only need the New Testament. No, you don't. There is tremendous value in them. While there are things to learn from them, and while we can question the and scrutinize the accuracy of certain things, it is still there. Jesus is still revealed through the... <coughs> the writings of Moses and the prophets and the scriptures concerning Jesus. This is critical. Jesus is giving value to those scriptures and explaining them to these men. By the time they were nearing Amos, at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on. I love that. He acted. So I'm just going to go on now, guys. Oh, oh, really? Okay. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went with them. Okay, I'll go along. Sure. <laughs> I, oh, my goodness. Listen, Jesus created humor. All right, God created humor. And I don't know if the angels were over chuckling and wouldn't let them hear, but man, all the uh, onlookers watching in the spiritual realm must have been howling, going, oh, watch this one, watch this, watch this. <laughs> As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it, and then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And in that moment, he disappeared! Are you kidding me? Can you imagine sitting there? Suddenly, you recognize Jesus. The scales come off your eyes. What? And then when he when it's like Jesus going, boo, and then disappears. Honestly, that's what it could have been like. Just like that. Boo! And then boom, gone. Hidden. Catch me if you can. <laughs> okay, here's the best part of that. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as, we, as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on the way back to Jerusalem, and they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered uh, with them, who, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Okay, let's wrap this up. This part is so exciting. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road? How many times... Have you had a feeling that you can't explain? Now, those who don't like to talk about feelings and emotions and we need to live by logic and facts and objective realities. Well, that's that's nice. Um, but this is, this is a, a, a bigger deal here. This is something being portrayed in our soul because we're spiritual beings. And there was a revelation there. And suddenly... Didn't our hearts burn within us? How many times have you had something true that you just said, this is true here? Oh, man. So uh, let's just not forget that God is at work in us, speaking to us, guiding us, and prompting us even emotionally. Well, that's where we're going to leave it at today. I, I think that that was more than enough. All right. So I hear some of you are having trouble uh, online there. I see that, but I'm going to still continue because I'm going to, I'm recording it on my end. I will upload it afterwards. So I don't know where the breakup is, but we'll, we'll do what we can.